everyone. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking about the latest announcement for Star Wars publishing. We got a lot of books announced. And then we're also going to finish up with a shorter discussion of Ronin. We did both finish this book. We have some interesting thoughts. It's not going to be like a full review, but I still think it's going to be interesting to talk about, especially since we just got all these new books announced. So before we get into that, um, let's talk some recommendations. Um, let's let's start off here at the bottom. Um, the Batman. Yeah, the trailer just came out. Robert Pattinson is Batman. Good. No, like, we were literally just talking, like, before we hit record, and we were talking about books. I'm like, yeah, there's books coming out um, every month except for December and March. And Alex went, no, there's something coming out in March. And it was (laughs) the Batman. (laughs) (laughs) In a book. I just, like, had March, like, highlighted in my brain. I'm like, there's something coming out in March. And it was the Batman. Yeah. Like, listen, I I like Batman. Um, mostly I like, you know, the Robins. I was a Young Justice fan. Um, but this movie, I'm like, is made for us. This is for us. This treat is for us. Yeah. <laughs> so my, like, I am not into DC. I know, like, nothing about DC and Batman. Like, I am, like, literally know nothing the only context I have is Sarah J. Mass's <laughs> Catwoman book, yeah. which was a very good book. And I read that without knowing anything about the DC universe, and it was very good. Yeah, well, like, I, I remember telling you, because I loved it, and I'm like, you should just read it anyway, like, it's fine. This is my intro to DC, is <laughs> Sarah the Catwoman's YA book. <laughs> Yeah, like, listen, um, all you need to know about Batman is um, he does, in fact, enjoy watermelon sugar, um, (laughs) despite what others may try to make you believe. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited for the movie. Um, Robert Pattinson is a personal, like, hobby of mine. I just... (laughs) I just enjoy watching interviews with him. I like reading articles. I like making memes. I like like w- looking at memes. I like just thinking about what he's doing at any time. Like, are, is he sitting around at home waiting for his microwave to heat up his piccolini cucino? Cooked in tinfoil. <laughs> tinfoil in the microwave. Do not do that at home. He's literally a being made out of pure chaos. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm just here to support Robert Pattinson in in whatever he does. That's my purpose. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, if we could support him through The Lighthouse and um, Devil All the Time. Oh my gosh, yeah, I did watch The Lighthouse for him. Yeah, I did not. (laughs) You told me about it, and I was like, I'm going to pass on that one. This goes all the way back to his, um, you know, his Cedric Diggory days. I've I've supported him. I love the Cedric Diggory memes where he's running (laughs) in and it's, you know, into Twilight because they're like, oh, my God, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) 
just amazing. I I'm I support him and he's going to make fanboys so angry and you know I love that for him. Like Shannon sent me this TikTok this week of him in an article like basically making up this whole story about how he went to the circus and a clown car exploded and killed one of the clowns. Yeah, he made it up to make the interview more interesting. The Batman press is going to be unhinged. <laughs> I'm so happy. It's what we deserve. Oh, my God. So coming down from that, we've also been getting um, You Season 3 that just came out um, this past Friday as of recording. We're both not very far into it, but we're both really obsessed with this show. Oh, my God. And let me just say, um, Pin and Victoria's, like, on-screen, like... Chemistry. They're amazing. Yeah, they're so good. Like... So I finished episode four at, like, 1 a.m. <laughs> um, and I can't get enough. Yeah. Like, it's so good. And, like, I only just recently watched the series at all. Mm-hmm. I only started the series, I think, after they, like, announced the date for season three. So I'm, like, fresh off of binging season one and two. Season three is, like, the best so far, I think. Yeah. I think, like, the dynamic in season three is just, it's it's good. Everyone is crazy. Well, like, I've been thinking back on it, because my mom and I watched the first season when it came out and second season when it came out, and, like, the first season is so, like, you kind of like this guy. He's really creepy. You kind of like this guy. It's weird. And then, like, the second season, it just gets even wilder. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird. But this third season, it's so funny. It's so aware of itself. Yeah. Like, I imagine they have so much fun, like, yeah, shooting. Yeah, I find myself rooting for Joe the most this season because he's really trying to be a better person. I am <laughs> rooting for love because Joe... She's insane. Well, Joe's like, I've married a monster and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Joe, honey, you are the same person. And yeah. then, like, there's a scene where it's like, you know, being married can be like looking into a painful mirror. And I'm like, yep, no, y'all are the same person. <laughs> it's just... Joe is just, like, more analytical than love. Like, love is more just... She's Runs passion. on intuition. She yeah. just decides to do things and joe is very analytical before he makes decisions yeah typically he's gonna like plan it all out and i do still think you know his passion and his anger gets the better of him but like love especially in like the second episode you see like she doesn't think about things she just does them (laughs) and then joe's like well now i have to clean up your mess because you didn't think about this I just, man, you know. Oh, this actually does have a Star Wars connection. It does. Taddy Ga- yeah, Taddy Gabriel is in season three, and she's rumored to be playing Sabine. That's right. I forgot about that rumor. I yeah. really love her so, so far. Like, I'm not, I'm not like saying that she's playing Sabine. We don't actually know yet, but there was a rumor that she was a front runner in the casting process, and I think she would be really good as Sabine. Isn't she also going to be in Uncharted? Yeah, she's playing opposite Tom Holland. Like, wow. Mm. (laughs) So, 
Um, so yeah, Taddy Gabriel is really good in you so far. I'm intrigued and I really hope she gets a beat. <laughs> There's another Star Wars connection. How could we forget? Uh, Mr. Christopher Sean. Oh. <laughs> the wire be so stupid. <laughs> I know. I was just sitting here and I'm like, wait, <laughs> he's also he hasn't been in it much yet. Yeah, so we I haven't think, gotten to his um, I was gonna say I just finished episode four and I think episode five is like kind of his episode. Okay. I mean, watch so it far he's only been like with the dad cruise. Like I finished episode three. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he's been like with the barbecue and dads in the backyard. And he Love looks <laughs> he looks so good. Like he is like suburban dad. No, like, I died. Like, the women take love, and they're like, let me give you a tour. And then, like, a dad comes over to Joe, and he's like, let me show you the grill. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that they're just making fun of, like, suburban, like, rich living. And the the actors are just, like, Like, eating it up. Like, yeah, just the, the, the girl playing, like, the queen, mommy, you know, whatever. Oh, my God. The, the, the mom-fluencer, yes, whatever she calls the herself. the mommy blogger with her twins. Did you know I have twins? <laughs> just. Yeah. Well, I mean, Love's a twin, too. There are a lot of twins on this show. It's amazing. Look, another Star Wars connection. The original oh, sin. twins. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, like, okay, I'm not going to say anything because spoilers, but, like, wow. Wow. The original sin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so our last recommendation. Um, I am currently reading this book, or I'm listening to it. It's called Kingdom of the Cursed by Carrie Maniscalco. It is the sequel to Kingdom of the Wicked. So if you haven't read Kingdom of the Wicked, I highly recommend. And I'm recommending this because all you Raylos out there who, like, really want your prince of hell, you know, your descent into the underworld, your mad woman, evil queen, does things for love. This is serving. (laughs) And Kingdom of the Cursed is like, I wouldn't even say it's YA. I don't think it is allowed to be YA. It's like new adults. It has to be be new adults. It's new adults. Does it, um, does it give, I was going to say, does it give a court of silver flames a run for its money? I wouldn't go that far. Okay. But, so, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically, like, she's in hell. Um, she's betrothed to one of the princes of hell. Um, and all of the princes represent a sin. Mm-hmm. And when you're in hell, like, the sins are always, like, getting to you because it's feeding off of your energy. Um, and so she is very lustful. She's very envious. Um, she's very greedy. (laughs) Um, there's this scene in a lake that I thought was gonna give Silver Flames a run for its money, but then they were interrupted. It's a lot. (laughs) So okay. I would recommend, and I would recommend the audiobook because the narrator is really good and like the actor the actors on you she's like eating this up like she does such an amazing job playing Amelia like it's I'm I'm so here for it so I really recommend it I think with that we are ready to move into our book discussion 
All right. So when they announce these books, they, you know, they announce them all at once. We have what? One, two, three books, four books. Um, and the way they listed them on the website was, I like hype order, I guess. They're not in release order. So I Hi- rearranged hype- them into release order. Hype order? You're telling me that they're trying to hype the shadow, shadow of the Sith the most? You know they are, Alex. You know they are. You know that that's what they want us all to get out of this. What the hell? But we'll talk about that one when we get there. Because the first book that's going to be released... So we're getting all the High Republic books. This is, like, back to regular Star Wars publishing. Like, regular, like, canon, you know, prequels and sequel trilogy and all that kind of stuff. So the first one is called Brotherhood. And it is by Mike Chen. And the premise of this is that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker must stem the tide of the raging Clone Wars and forge a new bond as Jedi Knights. And it'll be out on May 10th. I hope that there's some any Dala in this. I think there will be. So, like, you were saying that it's before the Clone Wars TV show. So before Ahsoka, um, so this is like early on in their marriage. This is, it says there's an explosion that devastates Canto Nemoidia. Um, and this is Anakin rising to the rank of Jedi Knight, despite the mandate that Obi-Wan travel alone. And basically it's going to be them learning how to fight like equals instead of like a master and apprentice. So then it, it must be before Clone Wars because he's a knight. When Clone Wars starts. Yeah. Will we see his trial at the beginning of the book, maybe? Maybe. Like, there's so many questions. Like, everybody's always had all these questions about, you know, what it was like for them to do that transition from, you know, Master and Apprentice, like, being a Padawan, to them fighting, like, brothers. Because technically, you know... (sighs) And we've even seen this, like, Anakin does kind of see Obi-Wan, like, as a father figure. But during the war, they became equals and they became brothers. And so I'm really excited to see that beginning and how it's going to play out. And this, you know, this will turn him into the Anakin that we see later. Yeah, I love that it's called Brotherhood. Because exactly what you're saying. We're going to see that transition into them being brothers. I think this book is going to feed... Revenge of the Sith so well. Like, I think we're going to get so much just, like, raw, like, emotional character moments in this book that are just going to feed even more to the end of the Revenge of the Sith. Well, I mean, calling it Brotherhood is specifically calling out to you were my brother, Anakin. Yeah. That's that's some good raw pain. (laughs) I think it's going to be super fun to read this book and then watch Revenge of the Sith immediately after. For the, to maximize the pain. <laughs> maximize the pain. I'm telling you right now, everyone, next May, when you get this book in your hands, well, read it. And I just thought about this. Do you think this is going to be like a tie-in to the Obi-Wan series? Potentially. We don't know when Kenobi's coming out. Mm-mm. This is also a few weeks before Celebration, so I'm assuming they're also probably going to do autographing if this author is at Celebration. You know, looking at this list, because we actually have two Obi-Wan books, 
if they're both kind of hinting at Kenobi, that would put Kenobi in the summer for sure. Yeah, and that could mean that they have a Kenobi panel at Celebration and they Mm -hmm. show the first episode to the people in the room. Yeah. Because we saw, so when we went to the Mandalorian panel, they showed us like 10 minutes. Yeah, and Celebration was in April. And then Mandalorian was in October? November, I think. Either way, it was a a chunk of time. I don't know. If this is a summer show, I think there's a big chance that anyone in the panel for Kenobi could see a good chunk of the first episode or the full first episode. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think they have to do... There's going to be a Kenobi panel. I wouldn't it's even gonna be... It's going to be the hardest thing to get into. Oh, That's yeah. going to be the hot ticket. That That's going to sure. be, like, the big panel. Because I bet you anything, Ewan and Hayden will be there. <gasps> Oh, I've also, like, seen, like, heavily implied rumors that Hayden will be at Celebration. That, I mean, since he was just at New York Comic Con, I totally see that. Also, Celebration being in Anaheim this year, closer to L.A., closer to the celebrities. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I believe Ewan does live in in America now. I don't think he lives in the U.K. I feel like, though, he would... They would fly him out for this, though, because he's yeah. the... It's his show. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Um, I'm so excited for Brotherhood. That's, like... I'm ready for the pain. I'm ready for it to hurt me. Um, but this book is going to be written by Mike Chen, who um, may sound familiar because he was in The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. And specifically, he wrote the story called Disturbance... which is about Emperor Palpatine sensing that um, Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker, wants to overthrow him and rule the world as daddy and son with Luke Skywalker. And you had this one tagged as one of your favorites. I did, yeah. And I even, I flipped back through and I underlined some stuff where he's talking about this, like, vision it's like a delusion a hope or a wish a desperate dream it was everything vader wanted or maybe it was everything taken from him palpatine had always ensured that those were one and the same if this was vader's delusion then the only one thing would make it complete the familiar figure of padme amidala paused in her movements she smiled at him her radiance fully restored despite the armor and machinery vader's heart still beat with the fire of anakin skywalker yeah so this is gonna hurt yeah i'm mike chen please hurt me (laughs) i have um given you permission to join the cast of higher public authors who can hurt me (laughs) i'm giving you a pass So the next story, um, the next book, is an anthology called Stories of Jedi and Sith. This will be coming out on June 7th, so the following month. Yeah, so this is a Lucasfilm press book, so I'm guessing it's going to be in vain with um, the Clone Wars anthology. And there's going to be illustrations in this one, just like the Clone Wars anthology, and Jake Bartok is going to be doing those illustrations. And the Clone Wars anthology was really good. 
It was very good. It was very, very good. And so this one is going to be about Jedi and Sith, so different stories. Um, it says it's going to be middle grade. Um, we're going to get the most uh, popular characters like Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, Asajj Ventress. Um, interesting that we're going to be getting Vader's point of view mm-hmm. and not Anakin, or unless we get both. I think we could definitely get both. I <laughs> think, especially since it's Jedi and Sith. Do you think there will be sequel trilogy? I mean, one could <laughs> one can only hope. Um, now there is danger with there being a sequel trilogy story, as we don't know which authors are writing which thing. But we do have some good authors here. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't see any big red flag authors. I think the one that you're red flagging, I think it's more his writing style than anything else. Well, there's also um, one on here that she gives me some pause. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But Depending, not yeah. like a ton of pause. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, so like the most exciting author on this list for me is um, Rosanna Brown. She wrote A Song of Wraiths and Ruin, which is one of my favorite books from last year book two is coming out in november y'all need to get on this yeah so rosanne a brown isn't he writing star wars this is her first time right like she didn't work Mm -hmm. in um a certain point of view which a lot of these authors did work in a certain point of view yeah yeah no she hasn't she wasn't in a certain point of view and to me this feels like in that same vein you know like in Empire, we got Tracy Dion, we got R.F. Kuang, we got S.A. Shockerboardy, we got Kirsten White, like, bringing in these, like, really prominent YA authors. So, like, she's the one that I'm definitely going to be watching. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Star Wars Shadow that we haven't read, but you said he wrote for Rick uh, Ryoden Presents. Mm-hmm. And his new book is called City of the Plague God. So I think that's really in- interesting, bringing in a new author. You have Delilah Dawson, who is, like, a standout in Star Wars books. Like, she's written a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, Tessa Gratton, you said that she... What did you say about her? She is writing, like, these... S- like horror type books. Oh yeah. Um, like about witches. So I think she is definitely gonna have some really cool Sith mm-hmm. energy. Um and I did wanna say about um Sawart Chatta, his book is Mesopotamian mythology, which mm-hmm. sounds really cool. It's gonna have like yeah. Giglamesh, um it's a contemporary adventure in Manhattan, like that sounds really awesome. And it has really good reviews on Goodreads. It really so does, yeah. We should read it. If Rick Riordan is, like, signs off on an author, I'm immediately like, yeah, sure, I'll, I will read your work. <laughs> um, and then I looked up Vera Strange, who she writes um, a bunch of middle grade uh, Disney villain books. They're called the Disney Chills books. And um, basically, she's written different ones with Ursula and Dr. Facilier and Captain Hook and stuff. So she's already had experience working with, like, Disney Publishing. Um, and then we also have 
um, Karen Strong, and we figured out that Karen Strong has done um, another anthology series that Justina Ireland was also involved with. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Acevedo, who's not a Star Ooh, Wars author, but... She's so good. She should write Star Wars. She should. <laughs> she should be the next person that they get for one of these, for sure. Oh, man. Could you imagine her books in Star... Like, her in Star Wars? Like, mm-hmm. oh, her books are so good. So, like, with all of that being said, like, I... At, from, like, first glance, I was like, I only write... You know, maybe, I don't know, but looking into these authors, like, this is some good talent in this story. Mm-hmm. Always important to bring in new people, new perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have, like, a little mix of people people that we know and then new people. So that does bring us to the next book, which is called Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher, which will be coming out um, also in June on the 28th. And the tagline for this is Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian return in this essential novel set between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. This is the the paragraph I hate the most. After his daughter was stolen from his arms, Lando searched the stars for any trace of his lost child. But every new rumor only led to dead ends and fading hopes until he crossed paths with Ochi of Bestoon. A Sith assassin tasked with kidnapping a young girl. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I dislike this paragraph and how it gives me like it gives me like the ick. Like I like I know. I read Ochi of Bestoon and it like triggers my fight or flight. Oh, but also wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You 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 know, go down, um, and it talks about in exchange um, Ochi must complete a final mission, return to Exegol with the key to the Sith's glorious rebirth, <laughs> the granddaughter of Darth Sidious himself, Rey. <laughs> oh my god. When that came oh out, everybody god. like went back to Luke, you know, not knowing who Rey was in The Last Jedi, and we're like, we get it. You're trying, you're yeah. retconning the wrong movie. <laughs> Though, I like love a good. AU where like they successfully bring Rey to be the Sith princess. Uh, well, yeah, hundred percent. Like that, I am down with. No, like Dark Side <laughs> Rey. Like everybody's here for that. Everybody is here for a Dark Side Rey. Sith princess Rey, I love it. I like it's my um, favorite. However, Luke Skywalker, Lando Calrissian, and Ochi of Bastoon. Um, the whole, so, okay, the whole Lando having a daughter thing, I... Okay, like, here's the thing, though, like, watch them, they're still not gonna say if... if it's Janna or not. Yeah, they're still gonna be, like... You think they're still gonna leave it up for, like, wink, wink, like, it might be her, it might be her. Yeah, they're really, I I bet you anything they're not gonna say. I really hate that. (laughs) I just okay, but like here's the question. So he would have Grogu at this time, Luke. Really? Yeah. Cause Ray. Okay, well Grogu might be gone by now because we don't know if this is true. This is true. But he would have his training academy because Ben hasn't fallen to the dark side yet. 
Oh my god, so you're saying, like, this could be the beginning of, like, Young Gods. Oh my god, I didn't think about it like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what if this just spun into, like, like Young Gods instead of the real, like, canon? This could be the catalyst for making Sword of the Jedi canon? I mean... (laughs) Thea is writing her own fiction now. She is. I like wow. so there's that whole Lando's daughter thing, and then there's also the fact that Ray is like gonna be in this book. I don't I mean Ochi is hunting Ray and her parents to the edge of the galaxy. Like this book gives me the same feeling that Poe Dameron Freefall gives me. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. So, like, the last sentence of this is Luke and Lando race into the mystery of the Sith's lingering shadow and aid a young family running for their lives who is presumably Rey's family, which means that they sold you to protect you. Luke Skywalker was also there and put her on this planet. And and so that means in The Last Jedi when Rey and Luke meet, Luke knows her. And apparently, so does Leia, because Leia knew the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's stupid. (laughs) Stop trying to make Tross make sense. It just, every time they try to make Tross make sense, it gets worse. No, like, I don't understand. What I don't understand is why they need to get the jump on this story now. Like, it still feels like they need... To give Tross some room to breathe. Yeah. Re, like, new game plan. Take some time away from it. And then if you want to add on to Tross storylines, go in it from, like, a fresh perspective. Like, go in at it five, ten years from now when, like, dust is settled and you have new perspective. This book just, like, to me, gives me the impression where they're, like, grasping at straws to make things connect. And, like, to me, the point of Star Wars is never to make things connect. That it, like, that is going at it so wrong, and that is the downfall of Tross. Mm-hmm. In, one mo- in one movie, the downfall of Tross is trying to make a bunch of things connect. Yeah. When it just, it didn't need to, like, and they didn't even connect them in a meaningful way. So I just, I don't even know if I'm going to read this. I'm I'm not planning on it <laughs> for my mental health. <laughs> um, yeah. You're, you're totally right, though. It, it is so Poe Dameron Freefall where it feels like they're still scrambling to just make it make sense. It's not, like, you're not... By adding stuff like this, you're not going to magically make people enjoy Tross. No. The people who don't enjoy it are going to continue to not enjoy it. You just have to, like, lay it to rest, move on. Like, I mean, look at Del Rey making The High Republic. Or not just Del Rey. It's, like, um, it's through a lot of the publishers, Mm -hmm. but... Well, and, you know, like, they did this to themselves because they were trying... Like, they tried to appease the people who didn't like The Last Jedi, and in turn just lost all the people who did like The Last Jedi. So it's like, stop trying to woo them back. (laughs) I don't understand, like, who 
I want to know who, like, commissioned this book to be made. Because I can't see Del Rey, like, pitching this book. No. And, like, we looked into the author... And, like, he's written a whole bunch of stuff that, like, I don't know about. Um, He was in From a Certain Point of View and Empire, which both of those books, like, both of his stories did not leave any kind of impression. So I just, I don't know. Um, Kevin Scott did congratulate him on getting this book. Kevin Scott is a wonderful person, though. Of course he is. Yeah, no, he's a wonderful human being. Like, I, (laughs) I do not hold that against him. Like, he is respectful to his peers. So the final book that they announced, um, which is the one I might be the most excited for, is Padawan by Kirsten White. It's coming out July 26th. And this is um, Obi-Wan Kenobi struggles with his place in the Force as a young Padawan in this coming-of-age adventure. So definitely YA. So do you think that Kenobi's going to start around then July? I, I think... It's entirely possible, like, July or August is what I'm I'm feeling. Yeah, because, like, I'm kind of thinking if, um, like, the Mandalorian kind of has that Christmas slot, like, um, fall into Christmas, mm-hmm. if they're keeping that slot, then Kenobi's going to happen before that. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my guess. Yeah, so, like, the first thought with this book was Obi-Teen. Yeah, which... I read the description, I was like, oh, this is an machine. But, I will say but, if this goes in the direction that the Padme books went into, Kirsten White might be being given a, a Kenobi trilogy. Now, imagine a trilogy that's called Padawan, then Knight, and then Master. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so, like, here's the thing. So, if you haven't read <laughs> Kirsten White, like, you should, because her, her like, whole catalog is amazing. She wrote yeah. The Conqueror's Saga, which is, it's a gender-bent Vlad the Impaler. Um, so, it's about Ladislav, um, who becomes mm-hmm. Lada the, Impl- the, you know, Lady Vampire. Um, and it, it's very political intrigue. It's romance. The second book is the entire fall of Constantinople. There are critiques of this book with how it um, depicts Romanians during this time, which are completely 100% valid, but it is such a good read. And if she writes Obi-Teen, like how she writes the romance in the second book, y'all, we are not ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other side of it, she does do, like, a low YA Camelot Rising, which is Guinevere, which would also still be good for Obi-Teen. So, like, I think Star Wars always tends to, um, lean towards the low YA, and it would be really nice to go high YA. It would be, because, like... If anybody has the potential for a good high YA Star Wars romance, it it's is Kirsten White. It's Obatine okay, with Obatine. Kirsten White. Oh my god. Just... I love the surprise, though, of giving Obi-Wan to Kirsten White, because it's always, like, for us, it's always been, like, Claudia, Claudia, Claudia mm-hmm. can do it, Claudia can do it. And then there was some, like, not rumors, not the right word, but we were aware 
that E.K. Johnson had been pitching Obatim. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and that mm-hmm. wasn't something we wanted. <laughs> I will say that. Not something we we wanted. We did not enjoy the last Padme book. I don't think that she can... Like, we need this, like, elevated, beautiful romance between, like, Obi-Wan and Satine, and we wouldn't get that from her. Here's the thing with her. She doesn't understand nuance, mm-hmm. which is another reason why it's so bad that she's doing Annie Dalla, because that is the nuance romance. Um, but, like, never in my wildest dreams did I think the author of And I Darken would get Obi-Wan, and if it's a series... Like Yeah, like no, imagine the the names Padawan Night Master. Like I that's a lot. It's a lot. I'm I'm here for it. Now I can't I I feel like I had forgotten a majority of the plot in Now We Rise, which is the entire fall of Constantinople and just how freaking beautiful that story was. Just, that is the fall of Mandalore. It is the fall of Mandalore. It is smuggling a, you know, political princess out of a country. Y'all. <laughs> um, I also included on here, so she also wrote um, a retelling of Frankenstein called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein, which not everybody loves, but I think is really good. And then I haven't read it, but she has a series about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. No Which I know way. you watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched... Um, I haven't finished watching it, but I watched a few seasons already. It's really good. That is very cool. I am so intrigued. So I'm just trying to think of the timeline of Obatim. He's still a Padawan, because Qui-Gon was also there. We read about this. Mm, it, so it's gonna. it happens before Phantom Menace. Yeah. I think, or... Well, it would have to. Yeah, it would have to be. It would have to be. Wait, so who said, like, where is it common knowledge that Qui-Gon was there? So we... I feel like when we were talking about Mandalore a while back, we were, like, looking into Satine, and, like, they were dispatched to help her. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, like, how clear it was, or, like, how Oh, they could totally bend it. You know how Star Wars does. Yeah. So like I almost like I almost want Now listen, they can both get they can both get da- dispatched and him and Satine get separated from the party. Yeah. And maybe there was only one bed. <laughs> oh my god. Like, can you imagine an Oba team that is like along the lines of some of Sort of the Jedi, like, not, like, completely, because, like, I don't want Kenobi to, like, fall to the dark side or anything, but there are some scenes in Star of the Jedi that I'm, like, that would be good. Okay, but, like, he told her he would have left the order for her, and that's why she turned him down, because she didn't want him to do that for her. He would have left. Like, circle back around to Midnight Mass here. He would have left. For her. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought of Kenobi mm-hmm. during that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The potential. I am so happy with this choice. Um, to any of you listening, if I have not converted you over to Kirsten White stands, um, I haven't done my job. 
you need to get on this. Because <laughs> um, this is everything to me. This is everything to me. Yeah, I just like, I'm thrown off by the description saying they go on a mission to a remote planet and he meets a group of teenagers with no super adult supervision. Yeah, I kind of feel like, like this is going to be like Obi-Wan goes wild weekend edition. It's kind of what it sounds oh my like. God. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of the vibes I'm getting. Which you think there's going to be some spin the bottle? I think there could totally be some spin the bottle. <laughs> well, because like here's the question: Was Obi Wan a virgin with Satine? Maybe, maybe he wasn't. If I was writing it, I say yes. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's my personal opinion on the whole thing for for Obi Wan. Yes. Now, canon might decide otherwise. I would settle for you know. He's kissed other people. I feel like Obi Wan yeah, like would have gone the whole Ben Solo thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan doesn't seem the type to cut that loose. But also, we must remember his other mentor is um, now. I can't think of his name. Matthew McConaughey. The cowboy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... The cowboy. I can only think of Wreath, and that's not who it is. No, it's not Wreath. It starts with an R, though, doesn't it? I think so. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. Let me pull the... Oh, the... Rail. 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 It's rail. It's a rail. Rail would approve. I love... Okay, like, I love rail. When are we going to get more rail? I mean, potentially, rail could make an appearance. Yeah. Wow. Well, is what do you think happens to Rail during like the Jedi Purge? I don't know. I think he would survive. Personally, I think he survives. Yeah, because he's so he's so accustomed to living outside of the Order that it would be almost second nature for him to like. Yeah. Not like not be noticeable, not be a Jedi. Well, and it's not like he, he was survives. with any clone wars i can't imagine he fought in the clone wars so yeah i could definitely see that out of these four stories um i think it's safe to say brotherhood and padawan yeah yeah that's that is uh what i'm here for we got a long wait it is only october i know i know we're gonna get (laughs) um the next wave of high republic before all of that Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to go to Celebration, and this book still won't be out. No. It'll be hyped. Like, the book coming out with Celebration will be Brotherhood. So we'll have Brotherhood. I think it's really interesting. So looking at this, omitting Shadow of the Sith, this is all prequel heavy. I mean, Jedi and Sith is going to be every trilogy. But this is like yeah, very prequels. Well, they're they're getting ready to release Kenobi, they're getting ready to release Andor. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, I remember before Tross and I was like, "Man, I can't wait for like post like Tross or like the time between like Return no, of the Jedi and you Tross." Couldn't, you couldn't pay me to Yeah. Now I'm like, "Nope. Nope. 
I just want prequels. Take me I, as far I, away back as possible. <laughs> High Republic. Listen, High Republic and prequel stuff. I am happy. I have not read it yet, but I am intrigued by the Kira stuff going on in the comics. Mm-hmm. Should read that. I think I'm two issues behind. Yeah. Well, now that series is done, but she's getting her yeah. Crimson Dawn thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to catch up so I can read that comic. Um, yeah. So that does intrigue me. Kira's a really interesting character in prequel stuff. Which, again, though, like, that is... Um, her in that comic is in the original trilogy, but, like, a lot of Kira is that time before the original trilogy kind of mm-hmm. even close to the Kenobi um, timeline exactly like all of that mm-hmm. which I'm I never thought I'd say this but like I'm totally here for that time period <laughs> that post order 66 period, that bad batch time period that um you know our boy our Cal Kestis time period ooh I did see on Twitter a rumor about um Star Wars gaming getting an announcement soon and it potentially being um, Fallen Order 2. Mm-hmm. I think, so that's exciting. So, you know, last celebration there was a panel for Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. So And we didn't, we we didn't, didn't go. pay it any, like, <laughs> interest. We were like, no, we're not going to that. We didn't even discuss no, it. No, we were like, why would we go to that? And now I'm like, man, <laughs> we could have gotten a sick poster. Like, <laughs> so, like, now I'm kind of wondering, you know, like, if they are going to be doing it, it it is possible that there could be a panel at Celebration. Yes. And it could even be that, like, you know, it's just packaged as a Star Wars gaming panel. And then, like, the announcement out of it is Fallout Order 2. Yeah. I am still so hurt that they never did a tie-in novel to the first Fallen Order. I was so sure they were going to. And they never did. I just, they, they need to do it. Yeah. For number two. Because Battle... Oh, wait. Both the Battlefront games got books. Yeah, but the second Battlefront book is better. Well, yeah. Of course. (laughs) I agree with you. It's one of the best books. Mm -hmm. It is incredible. But they both got books. And then Fallen Order, which is such a rich... Like, so rich in its storytelling and its world building, is, like, calling for a book. Mm -hmm. It is, like hello, write a book about this, and they didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it could even be about, like, not even the story. You know, like, the story they're, like, uncovering all of those ancient, like, Force user relics. Well, like, it could say, be about that. about Seer. About Seer. Like, it didn't have to be a cow book. Her and Trilla. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a Master and, like, Padawan book about Seer and Trilla? I would literally die. I would pass that away. That would be a really good book. I would cease to exist. <laughs> that TikTok you sent me listening to Easy on me, that's me. <laughs> I should write in a request. To you should. Ray. Who would write it? Mm, I don't know. Who would you want to write it? Maybe Rosanna Brown. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Although we cannot forget that they did, S.A. Shockerboardy did write in Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Hmm. Yeah. 
All right. So is there anything else about these four um, up and coming books before we talk about Ronan? No. But like, I, I feel like I don't have that much to say about Ronan. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so with Ronan, we both finished it. I think that there might be spoilers. There might not be. Um, so if you're worried at all, I would... <sighs> Honestly, yeah. I don't feel like you can really spoil this book, though. <laughs> yeah. We will, okay, spoiler for you. No spoilers. Okay. So, before, so I wrote out some questions, but, like, before we get into that, like, I... I see your questions, and the same thoughts have gone through my head. Okay, good, 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 good. We're on the same page. Um, Before we get into that, I do want to ask, how, like, what did you think of this book? Like, where would you rate it against, like, other Star Wars books? Okay. So, I, how would I rate it? That's a really difficult question because I think where I had a hard time with this book is not, like, a common weakness in Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this book was very opposite of a typical Star Wars book. And that can be, like, good and bad depending on how you feel about the writing style. Because I think this writing style was really beautiful And, like, I said to you off-air, like, very poetic at times, but it was dense. Like, it was, like, hard for me to latch on to how intricate it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with that. For me, um, so, like, we had been talking with, like, some friends, um, specifically um, Friends of the Force and Sky Talkers, just, like, about this book and... Brad and Sarah had mentioned that, like, it's it's a difficult read. So going into it, I was a little daunted because I was – you listened to it and I was going to actually read it. For me, this is one of those books where normally when it's that dense, I'm like, I would rather listen. But I actually think mm-hmm. reading it was a little bit better because I, I was on my Kindle so I could, like, highlight stuff and, like, go back. And go back. And I went back a couple of times. I was going to say, like, I – after I, I, like, got through a big chunk of the book, I was like, I kind of wish I had the... Even if I was listening to audio, I kind of wish I had the print version so I could go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, follow along in the book a little bit while I'm listening. Yeah, I, I definitely think that would be a good way to do it. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I was... Sometimes I'd be reading and then I'd I'd be like, wait, like who's talking? Like what what are we doing right now? Yeah, I think it gets confusing because the different point of view changes. Like the points of view change, and then like the way each character kind of speaks is differently, and the way they refer to different characters is different yes. too. So I think that's what gets really confusing, and you're like, it takes a while to get used to that. Yeah. For me, once you get past. Like, the first few chapters, which, on like, the first two chapters are the, like, it, it is the short. For mm-hmm. me, like, once I got past that, he met the Traveler, he met the others, and they were on the ship. It got a lot easier because, like, all the characters felt more individual. They started to have more of a personality. So it was easier for yeah. me to kind of parse out, like, okay, we're sitting with the Ronin, or we're sitting with Fox, or... um I'm going to pronounce everybody else's name wrong because I don't know how to pronounce any of them. Um, You know, like the pilot and all of that. It it got a little bit easier. I really liked the middle of this book. And then the ending got really, like, 
it was very dense and very poetic and there were a lot of things happening yeah. it was a, a little a little difficult at the end so i think that like this book was written like a samurai story yes like very very densely and that's not something either of us are used to the the fur the furthest i get into samurai really is the the inspiration that shines through in Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, this was very hard to get into because of how different it was. And that's not me, like, criticizing it because this book knew what it was. Yes. And I think that if samurai stories are your thing and you enjoy that kind of storytelling this book is for you Mm -hmm. and you'll have an easier time with it um it's just this book is written so much differently than a normal star wars book a normal star wars book is very like romp like fun Mm -hmm. like we're going on this adventure kind of thing and it is an easy read typically well it depends on the book (laughs) (laughs) i mean like in in the in the sense that like the prose is easy to read. I I would say typically. like the I think the the main thing with it because like you're right it it is a very different type of story. It's very samurai. It's not what we're used to. Um, which none of that is to say like like this was written by um Emma Miko Kandon. She honestly I think did an amazing job. She's yeah. Japanese American. She's a queer author. I'd love to see mm-hmm. more from her. I I think the problem here was that it was a learning curve because it is so different from the Star Wars we normally see. Yeah. Like, every other Star Wars... We were just, Wars, like, pushed it, into the deep end. Yeah. We were just, here, you're gonna, like, get this really dense story. Yeah. And we were not ready. Yeah. That is not on the way the book was written. We were not ready. No, no, no. That is my fault. Well, like, every like, other Star Wars book, like, <laughs> even if you're not familiar with, like, that section of the world. Like, I remember... I had a hard time with Bloodline the first time because I wasn't super into Star Wars. But even then, like, it all pulls from, like, that same world and the same canon, the same everything. This is, I I almost would say, like, you probably would have an easier time if you went into it and didn't say it was Star Wars, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you have this question, was a book the best medium for this story? I can't tell you how many times I thought about this while I was reading. Yeah. Or listening to the book. Personally, I think that if they had done a feature-length anime, it would have worked better. That's exactly my thought. Like, exactly what I was thinking when I finished it. Because I think the short was really good. I liked this better than the short, but obviously that's because there's more to it. You learn more about the characters, everything. But I think if you took the short and you made it a full movie, because that's the beginning of this book, Mm -hmm. it would have been amazing. Because I think you need the music, you need the scenery, like, the visuals. This is a very visual Mm -hmm. book. Um, And I I think that would have done better. And that's, at least for us as an audience, like, people who consume Star Wars like we do, I think it would have worked best like this. Now... I wonder, like, what the demographic is for this book. Like, what they were, who they were pitching this book to. What kind of, like, is this book getting translated also to Japanese and, like, to other countries? Because, like, that's what I'm wondering. Is this this book really 
completely targeted to like North Americans? That's my question. Well, yeah. And um, I, I think like that's kind of the good thing about it is that like we might not be the target audience. And I actually think, you know, like that's okay. No. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. That's totally. That's oh, yeah. Totally no, 100 okay. percent. That's like, why it, I'm saying like for the two of us, we would have enjoyed it more as a full length anime. Mm-hmm. But maybe we were not the target audience. Well, and like and the reason I think it's OK is because like it it exposed us to this different writing style and this completely different version of Star Wars. And like for me, it has kind of changed how I think about certain things with Star Wars and like how transformative it can be if it's allowed to be. So let's jump into this um, first question. So how is this book and the story different from what we normally see in Star Wars? Because we've been talking about this a lot. Like, it's so differing. We jumped right into the deep end. So, like, what what is different about it? Um, well, they change so much. It's, like, very AU in a lot of ways. It's, um... The lore is a lot different than what we're used to, which is very cool. Um, it's different in the way that it's written. It's very dense. It's very... I don't know what the word is like it's very like properly written in mm-hmm. a lot of ways i i think what's so interesting so like this takes place completely outside of canon like it, it's a different war like the terms are the same like we still have the empire we have jedi we have sith but like it didn't happen the way it happened in actual canon so like the jedi are part of the empire and they're controlled by these princes and they have lineage and like history and the Sith sprang out of the Jedi because they were very individual and they didn't go along with what the Jedi were doing. And they had this big, huge rebellion that basically resulted in their own demise. And that's so fascinating to me. And honestly, as I was reading this book, I felt so much sympathy for the Sith. Mm-hmm. The Jedi, I mean, you don't get to learn a ton about the Jedi, but like... I felt so sympathetic towards the Sith and everything they went through. And, like, their goal was peace. And there's this line at the end of the book where it talks about twice stolen children. Because the Jedi stole children and the Sith stole those children from the Jedi. And I just, it, like, really stuck with me. I'm like, this is a really, really fascinating take on, like, the story of how the Empire came to be. Yeah, totally. That is really interesting how it's, like, twice stolen. It, so, like, I don't know if you got this feeling, but to me, um, the Ronin, and I have this as a question, like, who is the Ronin? Like, does he remind you of anybody? He, it reminded me a lot of Anakin. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially, like, the Ronin as we see him in the book is, is, is very Vader in a way. And then, like, learning his history, it, it reminded me a lot of Anakin, um, which would put, like, the witch as Padme and maybe even the Traveler as a little bit of Obi-Wan. And it was really fascinating to me because I was like, man, like, when you went, when this person, like, when Emma went back and thought about, like, how she was going to transform Star Wars, like, the root of it is the prequels, not Luke and Leia and the twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you, like, did you feel that, like, with any of the characters? 
Yeah, I totally did. Um, man, I love this prequel loving. <laughs> I um, I don't know how you pronounce her name. It's it's the Sith lady. Is it Koru? That sounds right. It sounds right. Okay, I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting her to be like a full fledged character in this book, mm. and I honestly did like her arc. She reminded me a lot of Ventress in a lot of ways. Ending was a little weird. <laughs> but the whole the ending itself was a little weird. <laughs> but I, I got a lot of interest vibes from her. Yeah, I love to like hear what Emma has to say about that, about the prequels, if she was inspired by those characters. Yeah, like more than anything, I would love to like sit in on a panel or like see an interview where she talks about all her inspiration and how she got, you know to this point. Maybe she'll be at Celebration. That'd be amazing. I, I think that'd be really, really cool. I mean, listen, Shannon and I frequent all of the publishing panels. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, we'll be there. <laughs> like, if you guys want to find where we are, we're at all the publishing panels. <laughs> well, I even remember, you know, like, <laughs> the last panel, we were like, I don't know, it's a round table, like, what is this? And then it was the freaking higher public panel, like... Announcement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. They well, I mean, they didn't. In. They didn't call it the High Republic yet. Project Luminous. Project Luminous. So, and they kept us on edge with that for so long. Oh, I know. They like really. They were like, oh, we were all at Skywalker Ranch. Isn't that funny? Like, they really waited. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with how different this book is, and you know, it's rooted in this different canon. What did it make you feel about like current? canon or like how things are being written right now like we should be writing au stories like having a different stream of books that are like legends kind of Mm -hmm. like star wars inspired yeah like star wars inspired um we could take from different backgrounds different um i would love to see like authors come in with their own ideas to inspire Star Wars by different cultures, and I know um, doing a Japanese take on it is probably, like, the best bet because of how inspired Star Wars was by, an- not animes, I was going to say, samurais back when George Lucas was making it. I would just, you know, it's kind of like how Rick Riordan, like, writes different myths. Mm-hmm. Like, he will, like, but it's always, like, in... The real world well i would love to see like different myths like come into star wars yeah no i lo- i love what you said about like it- it's like an au it it really is mm-hmm. um which the best example i can think of off the top of my head because we've already mentioned it is sword of the jedi which thea researched the heck out of you know yeah. she pulled so much like legends they and canon just, like star wars should just publish sword of the jedi like honestly as like it would fit into the same box as Ronan with it being like I like being inspired by Star Wars and taking its themes, taking its, you know, like yeah. ideas and presenting I mean, it in a different way. You know, even if like Lucasfilm likes to get their like underwear all bunched up about this change, you can change Kylo and Ray's name so that's not actually them. But you, I mean, yeah. you could put it in a different timeline somewhere and it could be the same story. Exactly. Well, just like I said, you know, like this gave me a lot of like 
Anakin vibes. Like yeah. a little, it, it was almost like, you know, a look at Vader because, you know, he's an old man and like regretting his choices and all of that. It It's so reminiscent of it. So like, yeah, you could do a Raylo story, like packaged as something else, but it could completely fit into that world. Like, you know, like they went back with High Republic and like basically that is their Star Wars fan fiction, but they set it in the timeline. Like, this would just be completely out of the timeline, just whatever you want it to be. More of this, less of Tross fix it. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I would read this 100 times over before more Tross fix it fic. (laughs) I think the other thing about Ronan is that it will serve you well to reread it. I I agree with that. I think you need to reread it a few times to completely grasp what's happening. I, I, I think that reading it and listening at the same time like you said that would be the best that'd be the best the time best. to read it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because like honestly i was surprised i i read it in three days um granted i can read at work and i had a lot of long shifts so i you know got it done really quickly it wasn't necessarily like a slog to get through it was just so hard to like keep my attention back on like this is where we are. This is what we're doing. These are the characters. Yeah. This is so like unfamiliar. You were, you were finding yourself doubling back a little bit to be like, yes. wait, what just happened? Yeah, I, I would yeah. frequently like turn pages back and be like, wait, like, where are we? Like, what what's happening right now? Yeah. Um, Especially like, I didn't, I actually didn't catch that the Traveler was non-binary right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just assumed, like, you know, they didn't know who the Traveler was, they wore a mask, and then as the story went on, I'm like, oh no, like, this is, like, a non-binary character. And that was so cool, I, like, when I yeah. finally picked up on that. <laughs> so, we were talking about how this feels about current canon, so would you want to see, like, the themes of this story reflected in books that are now, like, in canon novels going forward? Yeah, like, you mean, like, you mean recreating um stuff so so like i would say a big theme of this book you know it talks a lot about like the ghosts of the past and like this never-ending cycle of violence um there's even like this big mirror where like your horrors and your fears are like reflected back at you like would you want to see them take those ideas that's kind of like the hubris in like the last jedi like that's kind of (laughs) it's luke you know being haunted by his mistakes Exactly. Yeah, I I think they took that and like really made it mythical in this book. And like I mm-hmm. wonder if you know they would ever write a Luke story that was influenced and nuanced because of Ronan, you know? Like yeah. I guess that's kind of what I'm wondering if they'll take this and be like, "Oh, we could get like really deep with like our canon stuff." Yeah. And so, like, the final question with that would be, like, do you want to see more stories like this? Which I guess would be, like, that AU stuff, like, w- that really deep thinking, yeah. you know? I, I think I would. I think that it will challenge me to read it. But mm-hmm. I think that we should see more books like this. Um, and I think, like, the more often we get them, the more, like normalized i'll be and we'll be like oh yeah this is how this book's written and this is the way to absorb it kind of thing yeah i think it was so interesting because it's so not like what we normally read or like anything like that and it it was 
I was expecting almost not to like it because it was going to be so different. But then I actually found that, like, I did like it. It was challenging, like, very challenging. And, like, even still, like, I'm sitting here thinking and I'm like, I don't even know if I grasped everything that happened, you know? (laughs) Um, But I would so be here for this author or other authors to, like, write more Mm -hmm. stories that are in the similar vein. I think another thing that you see normally in Star Wars books is you see a lot of characters reacting to things happening Mm -hmm. in, like, a reactive way that helps the audience understand what's happening also. And you see less of that in this book. Yes. um, As they say in therapy, in you, it's very responsive instead of reactive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is, like... It's so interesting because even the story that's happening, it's like the Ronin and these characters are going to go and correct this wrong that happened. But then you learn that everybody has this own journey and it's just kind of woven together for the moment. And like the ending when you kind of like secrets are revealed and you kind of see what was really happening. It was just like so many layers <laughs> just so many layers <laughs> it kind of blew my mind a little bit at the end i was like wow this is it's so nuanced and like you could even go in and like with this is the source and be like okay so now we're gonna tell the story of fox or we're gonna tell the story of um the pilot i don't know how to pronounce her name at all um or koru or any of that it just it's it's really fascinating yeah I I wonder when inevitably they do season two of Visions, will they do another book? That would be so interesting. I What this kind of wanted, like made me want, if they were going to do more in this universe, is the story of the Ronin and the Witch. Yeah. Like, obviously we see what happened, but in like that great betrayal. But like, I would love to see their story. Yeah. And I never answered this question, but where it would rank for me, like, it, again, that's hard because it's not like any of the other Star Wars books. Yeah, it is difficult to rank it. I would put it in a similar vein as Master and Apprentice and the novelization for Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith is densely written also, but the thing is, is we all have the knowledge of the movie, so it's easier to track along with yeah i i feel like the vibe and like the way the characters were elevated is why i would put ronin like with those types of books i think mm-hmm. um could i rank it with anything no because it's it's an it's an orange and the rest are apples <laughs> like, <laughs> it'd be like if you gave if i laid out all the star wars books and then i threw in like like I don't like Twilight, you know. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do with this one? <laughs> Emma Candon should definitely write more books with this. Um, I think this. When I looked her up on Goodreads, I couldn't find anything. So I would be really interested to like see what else she writes. Yeah, like she's not. She doesn't have anything. When I originally looked her up, I couldn't. I didn't see anything about her. I don't know if that has changed author of Star Wars Visions and Redacted. Keep an eye out May 11th. So that hasn't come out yet. 
Ooh, so like Ronan is her debut novel. Oh, okay. The Archive Undying, an epic work of mecha sci-fi about Sunai, the immortal survivor of an autonomous intelligence that went mad and destroyed the city and watched, <laughs> the city it watched over as a patron god. In the aftermath of the divine AI's suicide, Sunai is on the run from those who would use him either to resurrect what was lost or as the enslaved pilot of a um, gargantuan war machine made from his god's corpse. Trouble catches up with Sunai when he falls into bed with Vyadi, a strange man who recruits him to investigate an undiscovered AI. Sunai draws ever closer to his cursed past, flirting with disaster and his handsome new boyfriend alike. Coming 2023. Mm. I also see on the Penguin Random House site in the daytime she edits uh anime stuff for seven seas entertainment so that's, that's like her amazing. day job mm-hmm. i'm really interested i'm i'm very i'm very interested like i said it's it's a challenge <laughs> it is a challenge mm-hmm. it is not a um light beach read fun romp no <laughs> <laughs> don't bring this book to the beach guys yes, you don't read this in the beach you read this like when you read, go up to the mountains and lock yeah. yourself in. <laughs> read, bring the love hypothesis to the beach. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is when you go to, like, um, what, what is it? Um, you, go to, you go up to the mountains and, you know, all work, no play makes Johnny a dull boy. That's when you read this book. The Shining. The Shining. That's... Oh. Like, what? I couldn't think of the name of The Shining for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, you when you have your Shining moment, this is when you read Ronan. (laughs) All right, so with that, is there anything else um, that you want to say about Ronan? I don't think so. Would you recommend? You have to be in the right state of mind. Yeah. I think it also definitely depends on the reader. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't one that I would just blindly recommend to anybody. (laughs) Yeah, you'd have to know the person. Um, You definitely have to have, like, a state of mind when you're reading it. Um, And I think we both agree that reading it while the audiobook is reading it to you might be the best way to go. Yeah, 100%. Um, This does remind me. So, like, I would probably recommend this to my work friend who currently is using me as a library. Every time he finishes a book, I bring him a new one. Um, I just sent him um, for the wolf because I'm turning him into a Raylo. Um, that's what's happening. So I'm thinking about getting him into Star Wars, and I, I definitely think he'd like the Ronin, but like I don't own it. It's on, it's on my Kindle. I'm I want to give him Lost Stars first, but then the question is, where do I go from Lost Stars? Mm, potentially Bloodline. Hmm. I don't know. He has watched all the movies. So, like, over quarantine, he's like, all right, fine. I will watch all the movies. Or Leia, Princess of Alderaan. That, that could be. That might be the, that might be the way to go. Because those books actually connect Lost Stars and Leia, Princess of Alderaan. They do. Because they take place around the same time. Interesting, interesting. And there's the, that dance, the ball that happens. (gasps) Yes. The dance scene. Oh man, yeah. I'm my ultimate goal with him is to turn him into a Raylo. Um, it's gonna happen. He already loves Serpent and Dove and is now recommending it to people because of how much he loves Reed and Lou. 
So it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But um, that is going to do it for this episode. I would love to know um, what you guys think of these new books. If you have read Ronin, please let us know. Was it as challenging for you as it was for us? Um, You can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.